Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, which I'm excited to say we are now airing five days a week. Once a week, you can still hear an interview with a different consciousness change maker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. But now, also in addition to the weekly interview, on the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topic we deem worthy of discussion. And as you guys might imagine, producing this podcast is definitely a labor of love for me and Dalian. But make no mistake, it takes a lot of hard work to put it together for you guys, especially now that we're doing it five days a week. So if you enjoy the fruits of our labor, please go over, give us a good rating and a review on iTunes. Uh, Subscribe for free while you're at it, of course, if you haven't done that already. Uh, iTunes truly is the holy grail when it comes to podcasting, and good ratings and reviews are what help our iTunes ranking so that we can gain more exposure in the massive sea of other podcasts that are out there. Uh, Even if you have terrible ADD and don't want to take the time to write out a review, trust me, I get it. I'm a bit of a spaz too, but please take at least, you know, the 9.2 seconds it takes to give the show an honest star rating, which only takes one little click. I assure you it will be very much appreciated by us and that the good karma gods will rain blessings down upon thee for doing so. Also, this week's episode is sponsored by Procabulary.org. Procabulary offers a brilliant new online language course that I just personally completed myself called Core Language Upgrade. The course material itself is designed to help you analyze and then reprogram the way you use your words and language to create your reality. I personally believe the words you choose to speak or write out is referred to as spelling for a very good reason. You're literally casting an energetic spell every time you open your mouth which means it is of the utmost importance that you have a foundational understanding about the power or lack of power that the words you're choosing to use conjures up. I strongly believe language mastery is a highly important skill set that way too few people have taken it upon themselves to become educated on. And for those of you that are regular listeners of this podcast, you know I'm constantly talking about how we all create our reality with our thoughts and words. And Basically, what Procabulary does is it provides you with a, an incredibly easy-to-follow roadmap that shows you how to go about reprogramming your language so that you can start getting better results in every aspect of your life. And the great thing about the Core Language Upgrade course is that it only takes about 10 minutes a day spanned over 21 days to complete. I found the minimum daily time requirement. Uh, for me, it made it really easy to digest and assimilate the empowering information I was receiving each day. Now, as a Positive Head podcast listener, if you decide to go to Procabulary.org and purchase any of their online courses, you'll get 33% off if you use the promo code POSITIVEHEAD, all one word, on the checkout page. I personally recommend that everyone starts with a beginner course called Core Language Upgrade, and the retail price for that course is normally $299, and I'd say it's worth every penny, but it's especially worth it after your Positive Head discount because it drops the price to $199. That's a crazy good deal that I had to do some serious convincing to get for our listeners. So I really hope uh, some of you guys will take advantage of it before the Procabulary guys realize I pulled a Jedi mind trick on them and, <laughs> and change our discount. 
Also, if you need more convincing about the power of vocabulary, check out Positive Head Podcast number 20, where I actually interview vocabulary co-founder Mark England, and we discuss language mastery in great detail. All right, all you positive heads out there, on this episode, I'm very excited to have Eric Zimmer here with me on the show. Eric is co-host of the One You Feed podcast, which was named a best of podcast by iTunes in 2014. It's received over one and a half million downloads to date. So needless to say, as a relatively new podcaster, I'm ecstatic to have Eric here with me on the show to you know pick his brain and hopefully we can all learn a thing or two about uh, not just podcasting, but life in general. Uh, hello, Eric. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. Ah, thank you so much for, for joining me. Like I said, I've really been looking forward to this one in particular because, well, you know, you have uh, conquered the world of podcasting that I have uh, recently entered into just in the last, you know, several months. And so, uh, yeah. And, you know, he, when I came across your show, I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. I mean, it's such, such similarities in the type of information that I want to bring to the world. And um, so I, I had to reach out and, and, you know, try and get you on the show. So I really appreciate you taking, taking the time out of your own busy podcasting schedule to do this. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So to kind of jump right in, uh, the one you feed, the name of the podcast, and uh, it's a parable. And I think uh, as, as opposed to me explaining, why don't you take a quick moment and just explain to the audience what that's all about? Sure. It's, uh, it's an old parable. Nobody really knows where it comes from. It's often attributed to the Cherokee Indians, but I think that is a uh, misattribution. So no one really knows uh, where it comes from, which is not really relevant. Um, but the pot, or the parable uh, goes like this. There's a grandfather who's talking with his grandson. He says, in life, there are two wolves inside of us that are always at battle. One is a good wolf, which represents things like kindness and bravery and love. And the other is a bad wolf, which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. And the grandson stops and he thinks about it for a second and he looks up at his grandfather and he says, well, grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. Ah, yeah, that's so, such a great parable. It is, you know, like, like any good parable, it conveys an awful lot in a very short story. And so, you know, the podcast is just me asking, you know, I start the shows off by asking the guests, you know, kind of what that parable means to them in their life and in the work that they do. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. So that's exactly why I would love to flip that question onto you. <laughs> You've asked it many, many times. I'd like to ask you, what does it mean to you, uh, the guy who is the one you feed guru, so to speak? <laughs> what, what's your definition of, of this? Well, I think... You know, it, it's interesting because I ask people that, but I think the parable is sort of immediately obvious, um, right? which is why it's such a useful parable. I mean, I think it's immediately obvious that, um, you know, we're, we are going to struggle in life. We're going to be pulled in different directions, but ultimately we have a choice on where we put our attention, um, what type of actions we take, what kind of thoughts we have, you know, and that by being conscious and intentional and choosing over and over again, what we want our lives to be, we, we ultimately can control the outcome. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. Like you said, it, it's, it's very powerful for that reason that you instantly see, you know, when you hear the answer from the grandfather, you instantly are flooded with this kind of aha feeling, 
Right. And that's what right. I love about it. In, any good yeah. parable, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I know this. This rings true. I get this. It's We're all these almost neutral beings that can go either way. And we've seen example after example throughout history and in, you know, current current times with people on the planet you have these uh, you know evil villain characters that have existed in history and it ex- even exists now and then you have these saintly uh, kind of characters that have existed in history and exist now and really it's just saying you know i like the the concept of you have x amount of energy in a given day what are you going to choose to do with it energy is neutral uh you know by default yeah what you choose to do with it determines what what it becomes yeah and i i like the parable i mean obviously for its its overt pieces but i also really think you know there's this you know there's eastern there's sort of an eastern and western philosophy um to you know what we are as humans you know the western more christian um you know abrahamic religions you know we're we're born in original sin we start out as flawed and you know a lot of the more eastern traditions buddhism sort of says you know underneath it you are all good and it's just the things that get in the way and i think that the parable represents at least to me what i think to be more true which is we've got both and so what do we do with that you know it's not like we're starting on one of those ends or the other it feels to me like both those the seeds are in us and it's which are we going to cultivate Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's an important uh, kind of philosophy when you look at like Tantra, for example, as a philosophy, Tantra as a philosophy, it's, you know, embracing it all, looking, taking the good and the bad. It's all part of the story. And we've all had those moments where we've been negative or quote unquote bad. And it's really a a learning tool. It's always, you know, it only remains truly bad when you when you don't learn from something you know, and I think that's an important, important piece to point out. It's like, you can't know the sweets never quite as sweet without the sour. And I think all yep. the negativity in the world is, uh, is a necessary part of the story that we have chosen to embark upon when we manifested ourselves here in this physical third dimension reality. Um, well, yeah. And I think I, you know, the parable, another thing I like about it is it sort of says, Hey, this battle is going to go on, you know, all your life, this battle happens and it's, it's not, it's, it, it points out that, you know, that the, it's going to be there. And so not to be so, it helps me realize like, it's not, I think we have a tendency to get down on ourselves very easily if we're not these perfect people. And I think the parable sort of says, you're not going to be right. Yeah. You're, you're going to, these things are going to play out and, um, you know, it's even going to be close, right? So it's, you know, it's right. not like the, the parable is like, you know, the good wolf stomps the bad wolf and that's the, end of the <laughs> right. story, right? I mean, it's. This is gonna. This is gonna go on. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point because it's not just necessarily the bad wolf, meaning you're doing these awful things. It is you can relate the 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 bad wolf to you know being negative, getting immersed in negative thinking or thoughts or feelings, and just being down on yourself, being down on others, being judgmental. Any of those things. It's not you know it can be much more subtle. Um, yep. than just uh, your Hitler, right? So, uh, and for most of yeah. us, it is, you know, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the the you know 
it's not a black and white world. There's this gray and you, you, the more sensitive you can become to your own, in my experience, the more sensitive you can become to your own energy, your own vibration. What am I offering in this moment? And a lot of times, you know, I love the concept of, okay, if I'm feeling negative or down or, or, you know, just not in that kind of heightened state, um, what do I do about it? Well, sometimes it's hard to go from being in a negative state to a positive state. That's too big of a leap. And, um, I think it was Eckhart Tolle, one, uh, who I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, I would imagine you probably are, uh, in the power of now, I believe he talks about don't try and jump all the way from a negative state to a positive state, reach for a neutral thought, reach for a thought that's in between, you know, something and slowly kind of climb your way out of it. Because a lot of times I think people get so used to being immersed in negativity. It's like they can't find a way out. And the idea of, of finding their way back to that good wolf is just, it seems so far removed and it's been, it's so foreign to them that they just kind of, you know, resign to it. And I think yep. if they can just say, okay, I'm going to try to be more neutral, not even good, not even necessarily the good wolf, the, the in between, where's the medium wolf, right? <laughs> and, right. uh, and I think that's kind of what, what the whole parable shows. And even the, the image that you have, uh, for your podcast, you know, for the one you feed podcast, you see the, the, the kind of the black and white wolf and they're merged in the middle. So there's really three, there's, there's one, the other, and then the both of them combined. Right. Right. So I think, so I think that's a really, really great way to think about it. Um, now you mentioned Buddhism and I know when, uh, one of the things that jumped out to me when I looked at uh, was first checking out your podcast. It said, you know, Buddhism under it. And of course, you know, as a podcaster, you get to choose which categories it's going to show up under in, um, you know, like iTunes and things like that uh, when people are searching. So I thought that was really interesting. So I, I'm assuming that you are, uh, you would classify yourself as a Buddhist? Um, I don't think I would. I would say that probably Buddhist uh, thinking and teaching has influenced me more than any other thing out there but i don't know that i'd call myself anything in particular um i think i put you know i i play around with the itunes categories sometimes and you know if we have a streak where you know we've had probably more buddhist teachers than any other sort of thing that you could label except maybe just musicians so sometimes mm -hmm. i'll i'll slot us there because we've had you know some pretty prominent buddhist teachers but we move around a little bit gotcha gotcha okay and the, there's yeah, your, this there's is, your uh, iTunes or there's your uh, podcast tip for the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, that's the, this is a double uh, interview for me, double meaning. I want to pick Eric's brain about how to, how to do what he's done because you've achieved so much, some, some amazing things in the podcasting world. And of course, uh, get into the inner workings of how your mind works in general. Now, would you say that Buddhism, would you classify Buddhism as a religion? Or since we're on that subject, or more of you know philosophy, I've heard both kind of said. You know, I don't think that I'm qualified to to say. I mean, I think that I think certainly Buddhism, as it's presented to us in the West, in a lot of the, the you know a lot of the popular teachings we get, is certainly presented far more as a philosophy. However, mm -hmm. I do think that if you go to countries where Buddhism is is more native, I think it's more you know, it has more religious overtones in those countries. So I think it kind of depends on how and where it's presented. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, actually. I've never heard anyone explain it that way because I've, ha I've had this kind of conversation a few times, just a few times with people. And I think, you know, yeah, you think about seeing the guys in, that are really practicing, uh, you know, in, in their orange robes and 
you know, practicing every day, day in and day out. Whereas in the West, you hear Buddhism is thrown around in the concepts and in, in a philosophical kind of con- context, but not necessarily, okay, I'm, I'm practicing my, you know, practicing this as a religion, so to speak. So, yeah. And in the West, I think we focus on more the concepts of Buddhism, but I think there are certain, there's a, you know, Buddhism is a big religion to refer to it uh, as you know, as or as a big thing is sort of like you could talk about Christianity, and there's a lot of variations and versions there. And Denominations, I think you yeah. find the same thing in in Buddhism. I mean, some of the times I've encountered Buddhism, I've been like, well, I don't even recognize what this is. I mean, it's there's much more of like a belief in supernatural beings and all sorts of things, and you know, a lot of the Buddhism, the way it's presented in the West, is a lot more secular. So, I, I, I think it's hard to really. I think you you couldn't make that statement uh, categorically without right, sort of, right. Which is why I say I'm probably not qualified to make it at all. So, fair enough, fair enough. Now you mentioned having a lot of musicians on the show. Uh, you're a musician as well, and you actually make music the music for your show. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That is true. The theme song uh, is our music, and then for every episode, we have two music breaks. And uh, yeah, Chris and I. My, uh, he's the he's the engineer slash producer on the show. He um, he and I write and record all those. So it's been that's been one great part of the show for me is getting to create music and use it in some way because I don't you know I wasn't doing as much of that. I mean I would pick up the guitar and play around, but I wasn't really making a whole lot over the last several years. So it's been a nice nice way to work that in. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, like I said, one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you because there's so many overlaps in sort of what you're doing and of course you're further down the road and and so forth. But um, yeah, I mean, the intro that I use is from a song uh, that uh, Dalian, who I actually, who does co-hosting with me on, uh, we do daily podcasts that are much shorter as well and it's just the two of us. And it's a song that we made years ago and yeah, that's how, you know, I ended up uh, sort of on the West Coast originally with music and getting a development deal with a, a major label and things like that many years ago. So um, <laughs> certainly have the same kind of interest. And in, so I, I found that really intriguing when I saw your podcast and, oh, yeah, they're using their own music as a, you know, it's, it is a great feeling to be able to say, ah, mm-hmm. oh, here's this thing that I did. And it's got some context to, to be used and, you know, it fits in with what I'm doing here. All these, in my case, all these years later, you know. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Very cool. And very cool that you're still doing it and you're actually including, you know, tracks in, in, in the podcast regularly. It's really awesome. Yeah, it makes me, makes me make music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a great thing. So checking out some of your podcast, of course, over the last couple months since we originally uh, kind of connected, um, one of the, there's another uh, parable that I really liked that you did on uh, one of your mini podcasts, The Rider and the Elephant. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you would you uh, explain that one to us? Sure. It's I think the basic idea is that we have we're we're all sort of a rider. You know, th- to think of ourselves as an elephant and a rider. You know, the rider being the small person on the elephant, and the rider is our conscious brain, and the elephant mm-hmm. is all the unconscious. And, um, you know, the basic idea of it is to say that the, the elephant is ultimately going to go where the elephant wants to go. The rider can direct it for a little bit, but if the rider is pulling the other way and the elephant doesn't want to go that way, 
the rider is going to lose. And so it sort of talks about the need when we're looking at behavior change and habits and all those things as a, as a way to, you know, there's got to be an emotional component. We've got to go back to some of those emotional components and get the elephant going in the direction that we want to go. And if we're always at battle with ourselves, it's not going to work. Yeah. I really, I wanted to mention that one because I really, it's once again, it's a simple kind of parable, but it, it kind of paints the picture visually for you uh, when you think of, you know, your conscious being the rider and subconscious being the elephant and how important it is to try and get on the same wavelength. You know, I think that's when you can really make um, a lot of leaps and, and achieve a lot in life. Uh, I know for me, you know, when I really started having some successes under my belt, it it came from getting to a state where I was just, I was sort of on, on such an even level on many, many levels of my being. And there wasn't a lot of inner conflict. And I think with a lot of people, you know, there's so much inner conflict that's going on. Uh, it keeps you kind of locked in place. One part of you is pulling this way. One part of you is pulling yeah. that way. You're changing your mind every five minutes. And, you know, it's, it's, and it's something that I still struggle with honestly uh, uh frequently because there's so many things that i'm attracted to and wanting to do and you know um <laughs> it's it's hard sometimes like where do you focus your your energy because when you can focus that's really you know when you can get the most distance and achieve the most i believe when you're really focused and everything's aligned up and everything's on the same page and uh sometimes that's easy you know easier said than done though oh yeah i mean i think probably the the fundamental challenge that that you know, one of the fundamental challenges I've faced in life is simply that realization: like you can't do everything, and that you know, every for everything you choose to do, there's a bunch of things you just chose not to do, and accepting right. that is, um, I sometimes find difficult. Me too. I think I think uh, a lot of people do, and yeah, I have a, a favorite quote that that I often will use: uh, "You can do anything, you just can't do everything." <laughs> so. It's just a matter of kind of trying to prioritize. Absolutely true. And I think you're right. The more that to be successful, you have to do it. It's the people who are unable to do that or not willing to do that, that flit around uh, so much and never really make any real progress in anything. Um, and, I, I, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of different you know, I don't, I don't believe in things being black and white, although we can get to one extreme or the other. Um, sure. You know, and so I think you, there's still a lot of room in life to do a lot of different things and finding that right balance of, you know, specializing versus going general and things is something everybody's got to work out for themselves in the context of their own lives, their own careers. But it is a, it is a, it is one of those challenges to, to work with. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, for me, as I really try and, you know, you hear the saying and it's kind of, you know, become somewhat cliche, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. You know, follow your bliss, right? Listen each, listen really closely to, okay, I'm feeling, what I found that works for me is I, I can get, I'm a very excitable person. You know, as you, you can see, Eric, you're like the calm, coolest demeanor ever. I'm like the spazziest, you know, hyper kind of person. And so it's, it's um, hard for me because I can get really excited about an idea or concept and, you know, something like that. And so what I found that works for my personality is okay. I'm really excited about going in this direction. Cool. Instead of jumping all over it, uh, 30 seconds after having the idea, like I used to do, I'll sit with it. 
and yeah. I'll, I'll see, okay, do I feel excited about this an hour from now? How about a day from now? How about a week from now? And if that excitement is still there, I found, okay, I, this is my, you know, inkling from the universe, from my higher self, from my inner guidance, whatever you want to call it, that this is a direction that I should pursue. And so, yeah. I, I agree. And I, I sound calm. I think I, I, I'm less calm than I sound. I get very excited about things and can kind of just, I mean, I ended up starting a solar energy company kind of on a whim because I picked up a book on it and thought it was interesting. So I'm, oh, wow. I'm, I'm prone to run off in, in various directions and I'm very fidgety, but yes. So I you've sound, got a good front. <laughs> I, I, I sound calm. Yeah. Ah, exactly. uh, okay. You're, I know your type. That you're, you've got the good front going, but underneath you're ready to explode. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, that, that actually leads to a question I wanted to ask you. You've helped, you know, once again, a, a correlation is, you know, me being a serial entrepreneur and really having the first real success um, that I, I've had in business in the last few years. Actually, a um, company that I started, Resort Share, was just uh, named uh, the 569th fastest growing company in uh, the U.S. and Inc.'s 5,000 list uh, a couple weeks ago. So I was super excited about that. Yeah, thank you. And so, you know, startups, and I had so many failures leading up to that. You know, I started my first business at 10 years old when I, you know, decided to go buy candy at 7-Eleven for a nickel and sell it for 20 cents at school. And then uh, all the other kids started copying me. And then they made a, a, a rule at school. You couldn't sell candy anymore. So I went on to my next business. And it, that's been the story of my life, you know, startups. So having seen that, uh, you know, learned that about you, uh, something I definitely wanted to pick your brain about because, you know, I know you've helped several startups and and also the the solar uh, company so curious any input that you would have or guidance because there's certainly a lot of people out there listening that you know would like to take that leap and it does it takes a special uh kind of mentality uh and and fearlessness i guess to to go down the road of you know starting a solar company or starting any kind of company what what kind of uh you know pointers would you give someone who's considering stepping out into that into that realm well, I think, you know, contrary to a lot of what, you know, popular internet culture says, I don't think this always has to be such a huge risk. I think there are mm -hmm. ways to um, mitigate, ease yourself into things. Right. You know, that, so, you know, the solar company wasn't, I decided I've got a solar, I'm going to start a solar company, so I'm going to quit everything else I'm doing and, you know, you know, leverage, you know, hope my family actually can feed itself in the absence of me making money. You know, I found a way to do both. You know, I found a way to do both those things and test the waters and grow, kind of like you said. And is this something I'm still interested in after a week, a month? you know, learn, learn a little bit about it. So my advice usually is if you've got something that you want to do, start it, find some way to start it just as small as you can, but starting something, you get so much more information than you can ever get thinking about it. You know, the actual, right. you know, here's what I'm going to do in the first interaction with a customer or the first, you know, the first, you know, 30 minutes, you know, hour or two of developing a product, once you actually start, you learn very quickly a lot of things. And one of the things you might learn is, I don't want to do this. Um, and so then you can go, okay, well, what's the next thing? But I, I think that's the big one for me is start and don't, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I could never quit my day job. I could never make enough money to quit my day job. So why bother? And I think it's a, 
that doesn't have to, you don't have to know, you don't have to see the full path all the way to the end when you begin. You just need to see what the first few steps are. And then once you take those first few steps, the next few become, you know, clear. And then the next few. But if you just sort of stand at the starting line and try and look down and see around the corners, it's never going to happen. Right, right. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a, a great point. It's, you know, and I think it's Henry Ford that said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So people have to be really careful with thinking, I'll never be able to. You know, those kind of blanketed statements, they're, they're, you're creating your reality with your thoughts and not just your thoughts, but your actions and your energy and everything, you know, the whole package. And that's the starting point. So if you think that, that's obviously going to be a problem. And there's certainly a lot of people that that's, that's what holds them back is lack of belief in themselves that they can do it. And so as a result, that becomes true. You know, and I think that's a big one. And, and another thing that you talk about on your podcast that I, rem- if I'm remembering correctly from listening to some in the past, you talk uh, on one episode about sm- how important small successes are. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I've been doing a lot of coaching work with people lately, and I think that is the fundamental problem. One of the biggest things I see over and over is people starting too big with things. Um, you go from, you know, you've been moving zero miles an hour for the last six months. And, you know, every time you try and start, you try and start at 50 miles an hour and it just doesn't work. Whereas if you go from zero to five to 10 to 15 to 20 to 25, you eventually get to 50 and it's a lot more sustainable. So small wins, whatever that is, whether it's whether you're trying to build an exercise habit, whether you're trying to start a company, whatever you're doing, those little victories are really, are really powerful. And the other thing is by taking these things that seem big and deconstructing them into really small tasks, you can actually make progress on things that seem kind of overwhelming when you look at them as a, as a whole entity. Right, right. And this kind of goes with what we were talking about earlier. Like, don't try and jump from the negative thought all the way to the positive, from zero to 100, right? You're just trying to make a little progress, a little progress. And if you can set goals for yourself that you can actually achieve, it's you get that feeling of success. You get that feeling of uh, achievement. It gives you, you're drumming up the energy of the vibration of, I did it. I made it. I made, I made a success, you know? And yep. that, that is contagious. It's a domino effect. And I think few people realize how important that is. When you set a little goal and you achieve that goal, energetically, it's a win. And that energy yep. of a win is what you want to experience because that attracts more of its, you know, that which is likened to itself is drawn. And, you know, energy is, is like that. And so few people are looking at the logistics of things and less about the energy behind things. And yeah, so, I mean, I think there's a lot going on there. I think for a lot of people, we have, you know, we've told ourselves we're going to do X, Y, and Z so many times and not done it. Or we've started so many things that we've never finished that we almost don't take ourselves seriously when we say, I'm going to do X. And so by starting really small, you can, you can begin to get that muscle back. The, I say, I'm going to do X, I do X. And I agree right. with you also that those little victories, there is some internal sense of well-being that comes from doing what you say you're going to do, particularly when those commitments are to yourself, that that starts to build a lot of power. And I just believe strongly in momentum. Once you're moving, you know, it's so much easier to get going faster and faster. But when you're at a dead stop, it is so hard to get going. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, that's it's it's always getting the snowball rolling. That's the the hardest part. <laughs> you can think of you know seeing we've all seen that the little snowball growing and growing, and then it's picking up so much steam, so much easier, and it's that that initial momentum to get the thing rolling. And I think so few people, you know, once again, they're so intimidated by that. If they would just take little baby steps and see some momentum and get some wins under the belt, it would start making them feel, you know, uh, get the confidence that they need to take it to the next level. Exactly. Now you've interviewed a lot of people. How long have you guys been at it now? You've been at it, what, three years or so with podcast, the one you feed podcast. No, we are, um, we started in January of 14. So we're about a year and eight months. We're coming up on our hundredth episode. Wow. I thought it was, I thought it was a little bit longer than that. You've made such amazing progress so quickly. That's so great. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. I think some of it is luck, but you take what you can get. (laughs) <laughs> well, I believe people create their luck. So, um, uh, but I hear you. You're you're humble, so that's that's a good thing too. What? Uh, who would be some of your favorite interviews uh, that you've you've had so far? Uh, that is a tough question. That's I know it one is one of the toughest. I mean, I think so. We've had a bunch of musicians on who have been sort of several of them. You know, our our life. You know, I've 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 loved their music and and them since I was, you know, a, a, a teenager. And so those have a particular special feeling to me because, you know, I'm talking to people that, that were so fundamental in, in my growing up and I just love so much. So there's, there's that category, which personally has a lot of significance. Sure. Um, you know, there are, there's been so many great ones. I, you know, a couple, a couple things stand out. I tend to think of a couple moments that, that stand out. Um, we had a guy on the show called David K. Reynolds, who is, uh, the author of a book called constructive living. And he's a, he, he, he took his philosophy, a lot of it from a Japanese, uh, psychologist named Morita. But so there's a lot of, uh, Eastern, Eastern thought in it, but you know, his, his very simple approach to, to dealing with, with, you know, life was pretty transformative as I, as I read it, you know, it was basically, you know, he basically said, okay, you know, you're presented with a problem. Okay. Feel what you're feeling, acknowledge Mm -hmm. that you're feeling it, go back to, you know, then go back to what was my purpose? You know, what am I trying to do? And then just do the next right thing. And that seems to be the the perfect summation of you know, the, the question I, I, I ask on the show a lot is what's the right balance between, you know, sort of indulging and repressing emotion? What's the right way to work with emotion? And that's such a, what he describes there is such sort of a middle way that I just, you know, I really thought that was a, a powerful interview. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely uh, a powerful insight and perspective to, to, you know, take on. I'll have to check that book out actually. Yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, he made a statement in it that kind of blew me away. And now I, you know, I've got a history of addiction and different things, but he said that when you finally are in control of your behavior, you no longer have to be afraid of your feelings. And that really struck me because, you know, for me for a long time, um, you know, negative emotions could lead to really dangerous things, you know, me spiraling off into addiction. And, but once I got past that and I realized like, okay, that's not going to happen. 
I didn't have to worry like I was going to have a bad feeling. And the same thing like if you if you're in control of your behavior so you don't explode with anger, you can you you're able to feel those things without having to be so afraid of them. And that was I found that to be a pretty uh stunning thing too that he said. Really empowering. Yeah. So uh, speaking of books, you also have a reading list on the one you feed, uh, and the site, by the way, guys, is the one you feed. It's no one you feed.net. That's correct. Yep. O N E Y O U F E E D.net. Yep. Okay. And of course you can find it on iTunes and I'm assuming any of the other kind of podcast channels yep. out there, but, um, you have a reading list on the site, uh, and you have a bunch of recommendations, which I think is awesome to, to put out there. It's something that we've talked about a little bit. Uh, a positive head and um, what would be if you had to recommend a couple books for someone who's maybe very new down this path of uh, you know self-discovery and so you know growth and you know personal development what would be some of your top uh, recommendations and why even if it's just one yep I, you know I, I think it depends when you ask me that question but tonight I would say Buddhism Without Beliefs by Stephen Batchelor okay and I think the reason why is that it's such a great introduction to this idea that we are not our thoughts. Um, and I think for most of us, you know, there's this constant voice going on in our head. And, right. and we believe that voice is us. And whatever that voice says is kind of how we feel. And, and Buddhism Without Beliefs is such a great introduction to the idea that that is not, you are not those thoughts. And there's a way to get distance from those things um, right. and a way to get a distance from some of our, our internal compulsions and the stories that we tell ourselves that I just found that to be a really powerful one. And it's, it's presented in a completely secular way. There's, no, there's nothing to, you know, kind of like he says, Buddhism without beliefs, there's nothing to believe in there. Yeah, it's all right. something that you can try you can test you can play around with and i just that's one of my favorite books ever right wow i've i've not come across that one i'll have to check that out as well um and yeah that makes me think of a book that i referenced earlier the power of now uh, by eckhart tolle is uh, sort of and i've talked about that one many multiple times on the show um because it is a favorite and you know in this case it's the same kind of thing you know um he's having this experience of depression and just lost complete hope and in the intro to the book and is thinking i can't live with myself any longer and then it just kind of like this big light bulb goes on hold on if i can't live with myself that's almost implying like there's more than one of me which led him down this whole illuminated path of realizing you know that he is not necessarily his thoughts he's actually the observer behind you know we're our higher self or our god self or whatever you want to call it you know is the observer behind the thoughts and when you create that separation from the thought itself and you're not taking ownership like this defines me this is who i am it's a game changer and it sounds yep. like uh buddhism without belief is uh kind of leading down that same path which is so empowering yep yep it's a very good intro to that topic yeah great i definitely have to check it out and probably in a way you know i think for for some people eckhart tolle is a little out there and i think buddhism uh without beliefs is, is just as there's less to kind of wrangle with as far as uh, that's right. some of the concepts yep. yeah that's gotcha. right yep very good very good well um now you mentioned also that you do a coaching program what what does mm -hmm. that entail if we have anyone that's listening that would be interested in something like that well it's basically you know i i i've started working with some listeners on i mean i've done a 
done a variety of different things, but basically I'm focusing on some form of behavior that we can work on. Um, you know, I've helped people who are trying to finish a dissertation, um, people who are writing a novel, people who are trying to find work, people who are trying to quit smoking, people who are trying to get a meditation routine or an exercise routine or eat better. I mean, anything that's about behavior change is really where I think that the the program is most useful. And it's a it's a combination of email and Skype sessions with me and you know, we work, we basically work out a plan, uh, you know, embodying a lot of the concepts there, you know, the starting small, the, the finding some accountability. There's a lot of, you know, uh, habit change has been studied so much. There's some very clear ways to go about it. And so right. that's really what we're, what we're doing is focusing on, you know, changing behavior. And then we can use that process to, to, you know, cause inevitably you're going to, you're going to come across resistance. We can use that resistance as we find it to sort of maybe explore some of the underlying mindsets or emotional states that are going along with it. But it's very much behavior, uh, you know, action focused. Very interesting. And if someone was interested in, in pursuing that sort of thing with you, they can find that through uh, the one you feed site uh, connection, uh, you know, your email and so forth. Right. Yeah. I think on the top of the site, there's something that says coaching. There's a link that you can go right to. Yep. Very cool. One of the questions that I always somehow steer back to, and we've, we've skirted around uh, during this conversation is what I like to call the ultimate nature of reality. Um, <laughs> what is the ultimate nature of reality to, uh, according to Eric Zimmer? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that that is a my, good answer. <laughs> that would be my most honest answer. I really have no idea. Um, Interesting. You know, there's so many, there's so many theories out there. There's so many different things that I honestly, I, I don't think any of us really know. I think that, um, well, I think that I don't have anything really smart to say on the topic because it's, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm coming up, you know, with, I don't know what the ultimate nature of reality. I think I'm, I've learned and continue to learn about what does it mean to live a good life in, in, you know, in the life we have and the life that we right. can see, but what's beyond that or what are the mechanisms or the gears that are driving it, I think is, is a lot of speculation. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a very a boring answer, but well, it's a very fair answer. I mean, and that's really what I'm looking for is, you know, what is your perspective? What is, what is a guy like you who's gotten to where you have and done the things that you've done? And, you know, w what is it to you? And of course, uh, I think you're right. No one knows for sure. I have some very strong opinions about who and what we are. And I have a lot of evidence to sort of back that up from my perspective and there are a lot of other people that may agree but no one has definitive proof of any kind whether you're saying you know the ultimate nature of reality is there's uh, a god waiting to judge you and you know he sent his son to die on a cross that's one perspective on the nature of reality another would be you know something more along the lines of what i kind of subscribe to the idea that we're all one with what created this God source, whatever you want to call it. And we've given ourselves amnesia and are having the experience of waking up in a holographic reality and learning how to, you know, kind of create our realities within it. And I, you know, but at the end of the day, it's all based off of, you know, what your own inner guidance system and your own experiences are showing you. So for me, it's a, it's a subject that I'm, you know, very interested, especially in anyone that I really respect and appreciate what, what it is that they're doing and uh, you know, what is their take on it? So 
uh, I, I just had to ask. Yeah, I, I think it's a definitely a very interesting subject. Um, and I think, like I said, it's one that seems, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time um, debating and arguing. And I, I've just tended to try and spend more focus on what does that mean in this life? And I think that there's, I think that there's really, I don't think that being focused on that means that it's a non-spiritual approach. I mean, because to me, spirituality is really, you know, the sort of question about what, what's going on inside, what, what's the inner life look like and what does that mean? And I think that, you know, I think the ultimate nature of reality, or I'm not going to answer the ultimate nature of reality, but I think that working with ourselves to realize that we are not quite exactly the way we seem to ourselves. Um, there's more going on than just mm-hmm. the, the, the chatter that happens in our brain. And that's what right. fascinates me the most is what, what, you know, what does consciousness look like? What does it yeah. look like if I can stop that you know, constant voice in my head that's always solving problems, that's always you know, kind of looking, what's the next thing, that's, you know, that, that constant monkey mind chatter. What does, what does consciousness or what does awareness look like when that thing quiets down? Right, right. And I think that's an interesting way to put it because if I were to try and take a, a stab at, at defining the ultimate nature of reality, I would say co- consciousness is one of the words that I would use. You know, I believe that's as good of a definition of what, you know, a God would be, you know, what God would be is it's it's all consciousness. If you were to put it all back in the same pot, that would be God, you know, and right now consciousness is divided into these different uh, bodies and different, you know, characters. But really, I think all that separation is, is an illusion and that, uh, that this consciousness is playing a game with itself of hide and seek, so to speak. And it's, uh, here's a piece of consciousness. I'll put in this uh, avatar, Eric. Here's a piece of consciousness. I'll put in this avatar, Brandon. And, you know, at the end of the day, when they, when all the chess pieces go back in the box and the game's over, I think we'll all find that the consciousness, there was one of us at, at all times. Yeah, I think the the idea of whether, you know, anything that we that we would recognize as ourself survives through that, I don't know. Like is it, you know, is there any remnant of, you know, what what Eric thinks he is is a is a completely fascinating question. I I kind of love the fact that we don't know. I just find yeah. the universe, the world, the way everything happens just so mind-blowingly <clears throat> like what? I mean, that's the yeah. only real response that I, which is why I honestly, I'm like, I have no, I'm, I'm baffled by what I, you know, I wish that I could live forever just to learn like what, how does it all turn out? How does the human yeah, turn yeah, out? Yeah. It's fascinating. Absolutely. And, you know, when you said that, I thought of a, a quote and of course I, I always have quotes that I'm throwing out because I'm such a, a geek for, you know, good quotes that sum up a lot of information in a short period of time and make you really think. Um, and it's, it, the quote is something to this effect. It's like, you know, there's two ways to look at the world. One is if everything is a miracle and another as if nothing is a miracle. And uh, right. I think that is really the difference between someone creating a life that's full of meaning and excitement and passion uh, like you've been able to successfully do, um, you know, versus someone who's, you know, you're, you're marveling at it still. You still have the, you know, the the eyes of a child. And, of course, you have scriptures that talk about that, you know, unless you become 
like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. My personal take on something like that was not necessarily going to this place where we all play the harp all day after we die. Rather, you know, you're in eternity now. Time is an illusion. And, uh, you know, you can be in heaven or hell right now based off of your perspective. Is everything a miracle or is nothing a miracle? And I think uh, I think that's a very important thing for people to try and you know, capture and, and to, to, to remain in that state because that really makes life uh, magical and worth, worth having. Yeah. And I think that we can be in heaven or hell right here on earth is an incredibly true statement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can be sitting right next to me in the same physical location and one of us can be lost. You talk about the monkey mind and, you know, all these thoughts and ideas. Uh, we can be sitting in the same physical space practically, almost, you know, right next to each other on the couch and you're completely immersed in, uh, you know, or not you, but, you know, one person can be completely immersed in, in hell with their with their internal state and another can be immersed in, in you know, a heavenly kind of, you know, blissed out state. And so uh, I think that's the most empowering thing that a person can get and is that it's not out there. You're, that's the right. happiness you're seeking, it's not out there waiting to be found. It's actually an internal state and your external is actually a reflection. In, in my experiences, is a reflection of the internal vibration you've been offering previously. If you want to know what you'll see tomorrow externally, look at the vibration kind of you're resonating with today. Um, and so uh, these are the things that have kind of given me my own kind of strong opinion about the ultimate nature of reality is that, you know, I, I can see from my own personal experience how I've created it with my energy and thoughts and things like that. And I think, you know, that's yeah, something that's I, I, important. I wrestle a little bit with that, that point of view uh, only in that because if you follow that to its logical extreme it sort of says that the people who are you know right now there's I, i'd be i'd be interested in how you how you re, how you reconcile because that sort of at the same time is saying like that there's you know somewhere right now there's a small child being you know sure. abused in some horrible yep. way I, I, yep. I can't believe that's a reflection of their energy um but but and that's where I get kind of hung up on that because on one hand I do think that like you said you you want to see where you're going to be tomorrow how you're acting and thinking today has a lot mm -hmm. to do with that and then there's this whole external world of life that just seems to kind of just come crashing in sometimes regardless yeah yeah and I you know that's a big point that a lot of people make and I think it's a it's a very uh, very valid point. To, to mention, especially when you come up, you know, you, you come up against kind of like the, the concept that I'm throwing out there. And that's that's a very natural uh, concept to occur. My my personal uh, perspective and answer to that would be, you know, if you look, Eric, you do and, you know, resonating closely with Buddhism, there's a lot of, you know, belief in reincarnation and things like that. And and if you look at some of the evidence out there for reincarnation, it's pretty overwhelming. Uh, children, you know, young, young children who have detailed memories that then they track and find the exact details that they've given about who killed them and where they're buried and what their wife's name was and their children. I mean, there's a lot of evidence out there. So I personally uh, subscribe to the concept that reincarnation is a, a real phenomenon. And so you take someone, a small child who's come to this life and something awful happens to them. Uh, my personal take on that is they're experiencing this repercussions energetically. And I know this is hard for a lot of people to, to swallow, right? You think of a small, innocent child and, but honestly, Eric, I don't believe anyone's 
small or innocent in in the sense of we're all eternal beings. So maybe they incarnated in the third dimension uh, three years ago, but they're actually an infinite being who's lived countless lives and who is now incarnating into this life and whatever's happening karmically with another being interacting with them. It's part of kind of the, the karmic cycle that is talked about a lot in Buddhism, you know? So that's would be my own personal kind of take on that. And I know it's, that's a tough one for a lot of people because all we know is their history here. Oh my gosh, that's an innocent child. And look at this awful thing that's happening to them. But when you take the context of eternity and, you know, in, in my opinion, God is love and it is one, right? But that means nothing. It, 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 consciousness is, is love at its root, but there's no context for, for it to experience itself. So what does it do? It divides itself into infinite characters. It forgets who and what it is. It gives itself amnesia. And then it experiences that which it is not. You know, it experiences pain, separation, doubt, negativity. One of my favorite books that I reference uh, uh, sometimes is, uh, is actually a children's book. It's a picture book. You can read it in 10 minutes uh, by Neil Donald Walsh, who also wrote the Conversations with God series, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. But The Little Soul in the Sun talks about this kind of concept of, uh, you know, these these souls that are all perfect in heaven and they're just blissed out all the time. And then one of the souls has a conversation with the sun, which represents, you know, God or our higher self. And, and he says, you know, I'd like to have the experience of forgiveness. And, but there's no, I can never have that experience, right? And then, you know, there's this intriguing conversation that happens between the little soul and, uh, and the son. And the son's like, oh, I knew you were always worthy adventuresome one. I knew you'd come up with this. Well, there is something that we can do. And, you know, he goes on to say, you know, another one of these perfect souls will have to lower their vibration so greatly so that they can actually forget who and what they are and their magnificence and do this awful thing for to you in order to give you the opportunity to experience this this idea that you have called forgiveness you know and uh, i think that's a you know it's a, and in that moment he says in that moment when this happens your job is to just remember who and what they truly are and i think that's a a powerful kind of and, I, and I, you should read the book because i'm explaining it poorly compared to the way it's laid out in the in the children's book um I, I recommend every adult to read it as well you know because i think it really paints the picture of what's going on here it's like there is nothing that's ever happening to some any being that has not been uh, orchestrated, so to speak, by that soul at a, at a higher level. It's part, and when you have eternity to to you have eternity, right? And we know from physics standpoint that this is a, you know you shoot me in outer space at light speed, bring me back a day later, I'm a day older, and you know you've been dead a hundred years or whatever it is. So time is an illusion. You're in eternity now. When you have eternity to experience every aspect of self you know i think this is how god knows herself it's you know it can't know that which it is fully or appreciate it unless it knows that which it is not so that's the reason for pain negativity suffering you know all these are things that i i personally believe we've all signed up for and uh when you're done with that part of the of the ride so to speak you can take yourself out of it by becoming conscious and aware and then you can elevate back to you know uh, remembering, oh, wow, I'm the prince waking up in the castle again, and this is actually my whole creation. I can transcend the, the pain and, and all those things. And uh, so, you know, I know that's a tough one for a lot of people, but that's my perspective on it. I don't, I don't believe there's ever been anything th- that's happened that was a mistake, ever. I believe it's always been a reflection of the creation of that soul. And if they're an infant or a child or a baby or born with a horrible disease, I believe it's all orchestrated as part of a bigger story um, that we've 
you know, that, that we've been telling or that soul's been telling and it's part of the ride. It's part of the, the energetic ride. Yep. That could be true. I mean, that's why I, say, <laughs> I guess like, we'll find I, out, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. it just as a, as a, you know, kind of, I think it's a, a slight, you know, like a slightly different, like I was saying, my focus is really kind of like this lifetime here. And I look at things and I just, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of heartbreaking things that happen. I can see those, I can feel those, I can, and the rest Absolutely. of it is kind of speculative. And so, but, sure, you know, everybody has their own belief system and and my my sort of like i don't know really does extend to like you absolutely could be right i don't know yeah yeah no and i think that's a very fair perspective so yeah in no way trying to like debate you or anything yeah, like that but yeah, rather exactly I'm, I'm same thing it's your show i'm not trying to be like no no just not at all i, I want to hear your perspective own, yeah 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 i want to hear it so yeah i appreciate you you sharing it and you know and i think it leads to you know, sort of the the last question that I'd like to ask for you, uh, I ask this of everyone as well. Um, and this has been absolutely fascinating, Eric, just the opportunity to, like I said, I've been such a, a fan and an admirer of what you've done. So I, I so appreciate you taking the time to come on with me and, you know, letting me pick your brain and, and get a little insight into, into your world. And I know uh, my audience will, will greatly appreciate this podcast as well. Um, last question I'd like to leave you with. Um, 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life according to Eric Zimmer? And I know we've touched on this to some degree, but now you can give your, your very Cliff Notes version. I think the, the meaning, well, since I don't know the ultimate nature of reality, it's hard to know what the meaning is. I think, what, I think a couple of things. I think that meaning is entirely self-made. I don't think right. there is an objective meaning that is true for everybody. I think that for each of us, we have to find what actually, you know, means something to us, what actually matters to us. But I do think that we all have a desire to matter in some way that it, you know, for it, for us to, the world have mattered that we were actually here. So for me, you know, I think that the meaning of life, you know, I think a good life for me is, you know, doing things that I enjoy doing and having those be genuinely useful to the people around me. That to me feels like a pretty good definition of success or the meaning of life. Well said. Very well said. Eric, thank you so much again for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. Well, everyone, that concludes the Positive Head podcast interview for this week. If you'd like to tune in to more of Eric Zimmer's wisdom, be sure to check out his award-winning podcast, The One You Feed on iTunes or at oneufeed.net. Otherwise, as always, thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into the Positive Head podcast. And until next time, remember, as long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. (laughs) Journey well, everyone.